So, after all that waiting, it's time for your visa interview. This person holds my life in their hands. Like, it, what they decide today, you know, completely changes my future. Hello, I'm Dan Gooding. That was Roxy. And this is The Immigrant Fiancé. This is part two of two of your medical and interview stage in your home country. We've successfully navigated filing for the K-1 visa, the COVID delays, the wait and the medical exam. Now it's time to head to the embassy. I think it's it's been okay so far. I was quite pleased with how easy it was to go and book the interview and book the medical. Well, in this episode, we're meeting Peter, who is just going through this part at the moment. And we'll be hearing from some familiar voices about their experiences getting grilled. So, as we reach the last episode of season one, it's time to really become an immigrant fiancé. Last time, we talked through what happens after the USCIS approves your initial application for the fiancé visa. And then we went through the medical Make sure you have a listen to that before getting any deeper into this episode. So this time, it's the interview at the embassy. We'll hear from some familiar voices a little later, but we've also been joined by Peter, who, when I spoke to him, had just completed his medical and was looking ahead to his interview. So my fiancé, Joe was studying in London for a master's at the same time I was doing my undergrad. So we met in... November of 2017, had the whole year together. And then he was looking for grad jobs, started looking in London, but it was a bit too late because he'd already just got an offer back home in California. So I lost him um, to California in 2018. But we agreed, you know, I was going to go out and visit. We were going to keep seeing each other long distance. And I think that I thought, oh, it'll be fairly easy to get a job when I graduate and just move there, probably a bit naively. He'd made the most of the Esther before COVID hit and was spending lots of time in the US with his boyfriend. And that was good for me because I wasn't in any rush to move permanently at that point. It gave me the flexibility, could spend time there, could come back. Um, So I did that and had two three-month trips. And at the end of 2019, we decided that I would probably want to move one day and we would want to go down a spousal visa route eventually. Of course, we've talked before about how the pandemic had a huge impact on immigration. Nearly two years on, Peter told me they had talked about him moving to the States, but they didn't feel ready to apply for the K-1 in early 2020. We didn't file anything straight away because we weren't in any rush at that point. It was working quite well going back and forth for the time being. It was fine. And then I was in the US in March 2020 when Uh, everything started to close down. So I extended my trip because everyone was saying, don't travel, don't travel. So I thought, okay, well, I won't go home. I still had a bit of time left on my Esther. And then it got to closer to when the Esther was coming to an end the 90 days. So I thought, okay, better go back, not knowing when I'd be able to come back. But then travel bans, meaning months apart, prompted the two of them to file in October 2020. At the time, you couldn't technically enter the US if you had been in the UK within the past 14 days. But like a few others who could make it work, Peter found a way around. So we filed for that in October 2020. And then I think a week later, or a couple of weeks later, I went to Mexico for two weeks to get around the travel ban to be able to go into the US. So that was pretty scary because I'd seen some people getting grilled when they went on from a third country into the US online, people sharing stories. 
So I was really nervous, but actually it, it was fine. And I got maybe two questions. Fast forward to early 2022. And after approval late in 2021, Peter has finally reached the embassy stage. So what happens now? Well, as we talked about last episode, you will have booked this interview usually a week or so after the medical and paid the fees at the same time. I think it's it's been okay so far. I was quite pleased with how easy it was to go and book the interview and book the medical. There's a, there's a screen and it doesn't show you all the dates available. It just shows you the first or the next possible date for the interview and you can't get any further before paying. So I wasn't quite sure, okay, let's say I paid the fee, what's it going to show me? Is it going to show me a bunch of dates that are too soon or don't work? So I was a little bit hesitant, but I just thought, you know what, let's do it. In the UK, the interviews tend to happen at the US Embassy in London. And once again, you need to be prepared and bring a few things. As always, I'll put the useful links in the description, but here's the gist of what you need. An original and photocopy of your birth certificate, police certificate, any death or divorce certificates of previous spouses, any criminal record details, an affidavit of support to show that your fiancé can support you whilst you can't work in the US, and petition affirmation letter from your fiancé, plus your passport and two recent US-style passport photos. Now, when I went for mine, I also took up-to-date photos to add to the ones already in our visa application, just in case, and the lady did take a look at these to see that we were still together. The interview is really hard to tell someone not to be nervous for that because it, when you walk into it, you are thinking, this person holds my life in their hands. Like, it, what they decide today, you know, completely changes my future you know it's a very important event in your life it's hard to not be nervous about it that's roxy who we've met before of course she moved to the states on the k1 in 2021 for her there were definite nerves ahead of her interview because me and my partner had previously been married our divorces didn't get finalized until 2018 for me and i can't remember when for my husband they were just like, but so you started dating in 2017, but you were still married until 2019 or 2018. And I was just like, yeah, because there was some issues with like getting the divorce like signed. And she needed to bring that evidence of a previous marriage and have that talked over at the embassy. And they were kind of like grilling me a little bit about that, which is their job. Their job is just to make sure that, you know, I'm not secretly still in a relationship with my ex-husband and I'm just trying to get to the US and then divorce him and then get back with my, you know, I'm sure that there are times that things like that happen. So they have to make sure. And Roxy wasn't alone in those nerves. Here's another familiar voice, Kirsty. I mean, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I didn't sleep the night before. I think it's the worst night I've ever had in my life. I was, I didn't eat. I couldn't eat in the morning, even though I wanted to try and eat breakfast. It's a good idea to get there in plenty of time and to make sure all that paperwork and evidence is in order before you go. When I had my interview in July 2021, I was definitely very nervous, even though I kind of knew it would all go smoothly. I was very lucky in that my now husband, David, could be with me in London. And so I left him outside because he wasn't allowed to come in. But at least I had that support somewhere close by. If you have your interview in London, you'll pass through security in a little building outside the main embassy before being checked in at a vast reception area and then sent upstairs. 
Now the waiting area really feels very airport departure lounge and you're given a ticket and told to wait to be called. When that time comes, you'll be called up to a window that feels very much like at a bank. Here's Kirsty again. I got there, I think an hour and a half early, but they still let me in. Um, and I just sat and waited for ages and you go to one booth. I mean, the first guy I had, he was not the friendliest, but I think it's just because he was doing his job and he just wanted to get me in and get me out. He wasn't, you know, really bothered who I was. So you're just another person to them. You're not, you know, they don't know who you are or your history. Um, and then the actual interview lady I had, she was the nicest person I've ever met. She was, she was an American lady. She was very friendly. She looked at all my photo album that I spent hours preparing because um, she said, do you have any photos? And I said, actually, I've made an album. And she's like, oh, well, let's just take some time to look through it. And she seemed genuinely like she wanted to look rather than just, oh, I have to tick this off this list. That first person you see will go over most of the documents, take your fingerprints and then ask you to wait some more. My experience was definitely similar to Kirsty's. It was an efficient process before the second window and the interview part with a lovely lady who told me her husband had gone through the K1 process too. She really did make it feel much more relaxed and that I had nothing to fear. All she needed was a confirmation from David that he was still good to marry me. I'd forgotten an updated letter, but said if he sent that in soon via email, all would be approved. And I just really remember feeling absolutely relieved and happy and kind of shocked that it was all done. And despite her anxieties and questions, it was similar relief for Roxy. In the end, the woman was sort of laughing at me and you know she was just like yeah you're approved you're get your visa in 10 days or whatever and it was just like the relief I don't know I kind of wanted to jump up and scream and like hug her through the glass like it was such a, an amazing moment so how prepared is Peter feeling I think I feel prepared I'm always like a last minute kind of guy with exams and stuff like revision leave to the last minute so probably next weekend I'm gonna be pulling everything together and absorbing as much as I can but I feel confident in that I know all about my fiance I don't think that there's any questions that they're gonna ask me that I'm gonna say oh I have no idea sorry he told me he feels confident about the questions it's maybe the paperwork which he needs to be sure about I don't want to overthink do I know this person (laughs) because I do Uh, It's just that it's the paperwork part of it that I just need to really give my attention to. The whole process will take around an hour and a half. When it comes to the questions that you'll be asked, don't worry. It's simple things like when you got together, when do you plan to marry, and when did you last see each other? My own experience and impressions from others is that great detail on your fiancé is not necessary. By the way, you will leave the embassy without your passport. You will get it back with your visa packet, which will be couriered to the address that you chose when booking the interview. That packet, which you can only open the outer layer of as it contains your passport, should arrive within 10 days or so after your interview if all is approved on time. It will clearly say which envelope not to open. This is for U.S. immigration to open at your port of entry into the U.S. This is really, really important to remember. Now, with your visa stamped in your passport and that rather big packet in hand, when should you leave? Well, usually the visa has about six months validity. You can enter at any time within the expiry date stamped in your passport, but chances are you'll want to leave as soon as possible after all that planning. Besides, there's more waiting, more paperwork to come. But also a lot of joy. You can finally move and be together. 
you can finally get married and start that next stage of your life. That excitement is so, so worth all of it. And with that anticipation of the move to the US, we bring series one to a close. It has been such a pleasure to share in this journey with you so far, and I hope that it's been helpful if you're in the middle of filing or preparing for your interview. Thank you so much to those I've interviewed so far and who've reached out to say that the podcast has helped them. Please contact me and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Immigrant Fiance if you want to be involved. There'll be more to come because the journey's not over. In series two, we'll talk weddings, adjusting to life in the US, and getting that green card. Thank you for listening. I'm Dan Gooding, an Immigrant Fiance.